This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. So much going on out there. We get so much information on a daily basis. It's hard to keep track of when all of this started. But you know what? Vaughn Palmer has been doing that uh, from the Vancouver Sun. He says it's week 12 of the outbreak and the sixth week of daily briefings. Is that right, Vaughn? Because it seems like time has flown by. Yeah, the daily briefing started on the 2nd of uh, March, so uh, five weeks. Uh, this is week six. And pretty much every day, as you know, they, they take Sunday off. Nearly all of them are Dr. Bonnie Henry and Adrian Dix. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is not just that uh, thanks to NW carrying them live and uh, Global TV, BC One broadcasting them live, uh, they're the hottest show in the province. I mean, it, it's <laughs> one of the interesting things about the experience, Simi, is, is you ask questions all the time at press conferences, and it's just you and the politician in the room and your colleagues. But in this case, now... You get critiqued <laughs> online. <laughs> so true. I got a note. Here's an example. I got a note the other day saying, you said priorize. The correct word is prioritize. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Vaughn. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> I know. And, uh, and I can just imagine what TV people have to put up with. Uh, Baldry's, Baldry's hair already has its own Twitter feed. So. <laughs> The um, but yeah, it's and and the other thing that happens is people send you notes. Would you please ask her this? Would you please ask yes. her that? And I've talked to a couple of my colleagues about this yesterday, and they all said, "Yeah, it, it, some of these are really good questions, and you have to prior prioritize <laughs> prioritize the questions because you're only getting one, right? You get online, you register, they ask for your name." The person who actually calls on the reporter to ask the question is a communications director in the government, so she knows who she's calling on. I'm told that most days there are about 100 reporters of every kind waiting online, and you get 12, a dozen, a little over a dozen some days, questions. So it's a, it's a pretty rigorous screening order. I know a colleague of mine, when she got in the other day, Justine Hunter from the Globe, said she felt like she'd won the lottery when she got called Yeah, on. I can imagine. So it's a, it's a fascinating process, and as you know, it's the only story in town. So It yeah. really is. Our daily assignment list, that's usually the one out of like two items that is on there. It's definitely that afternoon press conference. So everybody watches it. I watch it at home. Right in the afternoons, yeah. I make sure I'm right there at three o'clock to watch it. Uh, what do you think about what we have heard the last few days with these numbers? You know, it's a, there's an interesting tension I find now. The numbers are good for British Columbia, right? I mean, we were told early on about bending the curve, keep an eye on hospitalization, keep an eye on how many people are in ICU. Well, the the line is flat. It's been about 140 people in hospital since late last week. It hasn't changed much. And the number of people in ICU is high. It's, 60, so it's 140 in hospital, or 138 yesterday, and 66 in ICU. But what we've been told is because we've got so much resources at the moment, we've been putting people in the ICU early and putting people on ventilators early because the chances of recovery are better if you intervene early. So even though ventilating is a pretty rigorous process, you do not want to be ventilated, from what I've been told, uh, if you can avoid it's, it. Yeah. So the numbers are encouraging. That's the positive narrative. They're all, all acknowledging that. 
But the flip side is um, they don't want us getting complacent, right? They, the, yesterday's theme was very much, folks, there's a holiday weekend coming up and all these big religious holidays, and we can't let our guard down. In fact, stay home, physical distance, isolate, don't go out in big groups. They are clearly worried, right, about yeah. Passover today, Easter this weekend, you've got Vasaki coming up, you've got Ramadan coming up. They're clearly worried about the next few weeks and people gathering. Yes, they are. The Premier had another conference call with faith leaders yesterday. Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix were on the call. This is the second one we've had. You may remember the earlier one yeah. was just before Vaisakhi parades were cancelled, and obviously they were looking for community leadership on that. Uh, this one was the same. Uh, let's not have any big gatherings on the weekend. Yes, it's a very important holiday. It's a very important religious holiday. It's a, it's a, it's important. Faith leaders are important to helping people through this process, but at the same time, they wanted that leadership. So, yes, they're worried that um, we've made progress. Uh, w- clearly, the key numbers are headed in the right direction. That's all good. But it's because people have been doing the right thing in British Columbia, so they want us to keep doing that. So, you know, whether you whether you call it bending the curve or flattening it or planking it or squashing it, as uh, somebody <laughs> had this week in one of the headlines, uh, that's what it's all about. And, uh, yes, she was asked yesterday for the first, I think it's the first question I've heard about an exit strategy. How do we get over this? How do we get through this? Wait till next week. So we're going to talk a little bit. We're working on, they are working in the government, on really how do we go beyond this? How do we start if possible, allowing some things to come back. Dr. Henry said two things. That plan is being worked on. May be able to share some details after we get through this little period. But she also said something interesting. She said, you know, in places where they've let up too soon, use the example of Singapore, having to put some of the controls back. That was a big one. I also noticed with interest uh, when they update you on how many people have offered to come back and work even though they are retired, and they've got some good numbers on that. Yeah, they have. They put out the appeal uh, through the uh, Doctors of BC and through the Nursing uh, Association, and uh, yeah, they've had, uh, what, 880 nurses of one kind or another have uh, reactivated. That's great. Uh, 56 doctors. Uh, we've had para- uh, not... Um, nurse practitioners, both kinds of nurses, uh, LPNs and registered nurses, and yes. And I think, you know, there's been this uh, story out there uh, where people have been saying, well, what about British Columbians who've gotten their medical degrees recently overseas? Yeah. Uh, Could we expedite bringing them back and let them practice? They haven't gone with that. I think it's because at the moment... They don't feel there's any huge shortage of medical personnel. Uh, Same thing, you know, we've got 140 people in hospital beds and 4,500 empty hospital beds. And they're busy opening up, as you know, temporary facilities with another three or 400 beds. So uh, the the only area of concern I detected yesterday on that one was we're still scrambling for medical supplies. And, and everyone in the world is doing that. Okay, so then for today's briefing, what are you keeping an ear on? 
Um, I'm kind of interested in uh, what we can learn from other places. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things you keep asking is, why not this, why not that? And I'm looking at a story yesterday from the Washington Post that uh, New Zealand is not merely flattening the curve, they're squashing it. So New Zealand's interesting because it's almost exactly the same population as British Columbia. And uh, there, uh, they've got about the same number of cases. They have around 1,200 cases, so that fits us. They've had recoveries as well. They've only got one death. And it appears that, the, you know, you look at what have they done differently. They, they started screening everyone coming into the country uh, almost a month ago now. And that included New Zealanders coming back. Everyone was screened. Everyone had to self-isolate. And they brought in physical distancing early on. They pretty much shut down the country for a month. Uh, it looks as if because of that, they have been able to uh, avoid the kind of outbreaks we've had here in seniors' homes. That's, as you, right. we've heard several times now, uh, a lot of the deaths in B.C. are connected to outbreaks in long-term care homes. So, you know, I think, obviously, as Dix and Henry said yesterday, when all this is over, there'll be plenty of time for postmortem. Yes. But right now, we can look at... Um, how did some other places do a little better than us on some things? I think isolation is one reason in New Zealand. Of course, it's easier to isolate an island. I was uh, just thinking that, yes. Both <laughs> of us on Vancouver Island might wish to point that out. Hey, yes. here's something interesting she said yesterday. There are no outbreaks yet in long-term care homes on Vancouver Island. Yeah, not good. Even though, demographically, we have the aging population. That is, that is a fascinating step. But as I said, knock wood on that one. Vaughn, yep. thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.